You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi. Hello. This is the Pride of Detroit POD cast. PrideofDetroit.com. Pride of Detroit on Twitter. Pride of Detroit on Facebook. Hi. We got a goddamn trade. Wee woo, wee woo. We got a trade. Open up the box. What's in the box? It's a trade. You got an Everson Griffith. Congratulations, Lions. You have decided here in October 27th, 2020, the year of our Lord. They're sitting right in front of you. You've decided to make a trade, Everson Griffith, for a six-round conditional pick. And guess what? For the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking about it here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. I'm Christopher Fett, your adequate host. That man next to me, if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash Pride Detroit, where you should be, but also download the podcast on every platform you can, uh, is Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online. And beneath me, not physically, but you know, just in, in the Twitch layout, the discord layout what, what what do you want from me god is ryan matthews the rock god at ryan underscore pod uh guys today's fun we get to talk about interesting moves and stuff i love myself an emergency pot almost always is good news i think t- i think today definitely uh definitely qualifies as good news it, they're they're down we shouldn't be necessarily throwing a parade quite yet and we'll get to that but the Lions went and added a pass rusher and a pass rusher that we're all familiar with, a pass rusher that we all know was very talented, at least in the past. Still in the future, we'll see. But the Lions were aggressive. They made a move and I'm and it didn't cost them all that much. So I'm feeling pretty good right now. How about you, Ryan? I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer, which yes. I usually am. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, I have I, of course, I have my reservations about it uh, from what I've seen on Lions Twitter. Like, but that's just kind of like the id of, you know, Lions fandom. We always we always speak of. But um, I I think what the Lions did was they they made a move and I wasn't sure whether or not they would do anything. So I think making a move definitely tips the needle in one direction. And I I like that they they did something and that they actually decided to to move the needle. It definitely has. I. It's funny about moving the needle. So Everson Griffith, you know, the Lions are getting him from the Cowboys. I think there's some questions about how, how, what, what kind of Everson Griffith are you getting? You're definitely not getting Griffin at the height of his powers. I would say, you sure, know, it's it's he's been 32. rough. It's it, yeah, he's 32. His play in Dallas has been rough to say the least. Yeah, but I think the price was right here. A six round conditional pick to Dallas. The Lions need some help on their on their edge rush. Uh, it just, it, it, I think this was a flyer. The Lions were right to do it. I think we worry too much about the cost sometime and about the what ifs and the, hey, you know, it, it would be nice to turn this into something. But I think we, we talked about this in the previous mailbag. 
we were like, hey, the Lions traded this one draft pick and it turned into like, you know, Will Harris or something like just you got to let especially if it's six round conditional, just go for it, man. In, in the words of in the words of Ja, uh, was it Ja Rule at Fire Festival? Let's just do it and be legends, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure if this will end up being uh, quite, uh, hopefully it doesn't end up so infamous as Firefest. That's for yeah. sure. But hopefully it um, doesn't turn out to be the cheese sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, giving up a conditional six round pick for Everson Griffin, it doesn't involve much risk. So that's why I'm just, I, I'm cool with it. Like he's, he, you know, as we mentioned, he's not the player that he was in, in years before when he was absolutely terrorizing Detroit. And the reason why Matthew Stafford was getting x-rays to his ribs because he was just, you know, relentlessly putting so much pressure on the guy that, you know, he set him up in the x-ray machine. But, like, he's going to be a welcome addition to, like, perhaps one of the most, if not the most, starved pass rushes in the entire NFL. So I think that's where you kind of, that's where you start with Everson Griffin, is that low risk. Um, I'm not even going to call it a low risk, high reward move. I'm just going to say, like, it's a it's a low risk move. that. You know, you, you can you can live with you can live with him not living up to being a six round pick because you're not hitting on too many six round picks these days. And I mean, the values there, even if he isn't the Everson Griffin we saw a couple of years ago in Minnesota, or even, you know, the first half of last season in Minnesota, he's an improvement because the lines are are dreadfully thin at defense. Fan. Like they're they're playing OK right now. And I even just put out an article about how great Romeo Quar has been and, and Trey Flowers has been fine too but where's the depth behind that because they had you know Julian Oquar was the plan there Austin Bryant was the plan there both those guys are injured right now maybe we see Austin Bryant eventually come back on the field but remember he's still essentially in training camp mode right now because he he missed all of training camp he returned to practice last week he's still a couple weeks out I think but from returning from IR so now at least you just have another piece there and it's probably a guy that's better than both Julian O'Quara and Austin Bryant where they're currently at. So, I mean, it's depth at the very worst. It's depth for half a season. And I'll take that for 1.5 million, 3 million, whatever it's going to end up costing line in cap space, which is not much. And then, as we said, that 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 draft pick is throw away. I don't even if it becomes a fifth round pick throw away. I don't care. Yeah, I this this was low risk, potentially high reward, and it's the kind of move you want to make right now. As you say, the depth isn't great for the Lions right now. This is still not a great pass rush. You need the help. I we, it's funny, Ryan. We were just working on pulling back the curtain a little bit. We were literally just working on a roundtable today about, hey, uh, what should the Lions do in free agency? And besides a couple of, I, I think we talked about this in the mailbag too. Besides a couple of like corners we threw in there a lot of it was was edge rushing and i even once again got back on my horse about jj watt uh let me just say this this is a lot cheaper than jj watt and they're about the same age and i mean look you're just it's going to be rough to see if ever if griffin can get back to what he was in minnesota lions fans remember it pretty well because griffin always played like a hell beast against the detroit lions so you kind of remember those a little bit more when he's beating up on your team. But I think, yeah, I mean, you got to weigh what's he's, what he's been doing recently. It might not pan out to be anything. Sometimes some of these trades, Jeremy, I know you have something to say about a trade made by the Lions in 2018. Just don't work out, even though it's like, hey, this looks great on paper. But again, two things. One, the price 
ain't that bad, Chief. It's a pretty damn good price to give up. The Cowboys are desperate to get whatever they can. And I just these are the kind of moves you want to make right now. Like if you are serious about saying, hey, you know, we're around, we're, we're, we're serious about actually trying to win and turning around the narrative, then go for it, man. Yeah. And with, with the trade deadline right around the corner, the thing every the, the thing every year is that you need to have two dance partners. And this was just a situation in which, you know, the Cowboys were ready to be sellers. Their season isn't going anywhere. And that's saying a lot for a team in the NFC East that they don't view themselves as being viable contenders for that division. So, like you said, Chris, they want to get anything that they could for Everson Griffin. And uh, a six round pick is, is hardly anything at all to give up for Everson Griffin. And um, I don't know if we want to get too much into like what his role is going to be here in Detroit now, or if we want to talk about that on the other side of the uh, of the break. But I'm I'm excited to see what he can add in terms of depth, as Jeremy said, because the other thing is, you know, you mentioned the injury to Aquara and he's on IR. Austin Bryan just coming back. You know, a, a lot of this defensive or, you know, some of the pieces of this defensive line necessarily uh, can't be trusted to stay healthy like Deshaun Hand. I mean, are, are are you counting on him to be a contributor for the rest of the season when, you know, he hasn't played an entire healthy season um, in the NFL? It's it's going to be it's going to be a nice addition to a defensive line that had no depth whatsoever um, and had some you know, potential contributors. I mean, can you count on the same level of contributions that Romeo Aquara has been putting in? You know, you haven't seen the sustained level of play. You've seen the short little burst from him where he's been a good pass rusher, but is this something that you're going to be able to count on in, in weeks 14, 15 and 16? I think that's true of a lot of these kind of random pieces of the lines have picked up over the years too. And it's, it's something that will hurt them at times. And I, I mean, look, it's, it's very hard to find players in the NFL that are going to be, consistent weeks one to 17 at the end of the day too uh i i think let's let's get onto that right now though as where griffin will fit we, we've got about five minutes left in the segment let's do it right now where about where we think griffin's gonna fit this what do you think jeremy yeah well i think i think he's gonna be a good fit i know he's mostly playing four three over there in minnesota but the lions really like to mix things up they, they play four down a lot um, I think I think when you first get him, he's essentially just going to be a pass rusher. He's going to be a situational pass rusher. He's not going to take Trey Flowers off the field. He's not going to take Romeo Okwara off the field. He's going to be on the field with those guys in third down because they like to just throw every pass rusher they can on obvious passing down. So the key will be for lines to keep this run game going, the run defense going that they have in the past couple of weeks, get into those obvious passing downs. And what I think they're really going to like about Everson Griffin is yeah, he might not have the speed that he used to. He might not be able to beat guys off the edge, but he's still got the strength. And that, I mean, I think back to the the highlights of, of Matt Patricia coaching the senior bowl and he's telling the defensive ends, like, don't be guys with your speed, beat them with your strength. And that's what he's going to take. That's what he's going to love about Everson Griffin. And that's why they traded for the guy. He's going to beat guys with their with his strength that I think he still has at his age. And so he's going to, I think they might use him kind of all over the place. He might be, you know, one tech, three tech, five tech, wide nine even. I know you guys love wide nine back to the Jim Schwartz days. Um, he's going to be all over the place. And I think, uh, I think it's going to be good for them because I don't, like I said, I don't think they have a plethora of pass rushers, especially if they incur any sort of injury. So I think early on, you're not going to see a ton of production out of him in terms of being out there all the time. But I think situational pass rusher to begin with, 
then they'll kind of see what he's got. Maybe maybe they, they get him into some early downs later in the season. But early on, I think he's going to be your situational pass rusher, and I think he's going to be effective. Yeah, I could see them. We were even talking before then about, you know, I thought, you know, it was like, hey, we're going to have Flowers, Aqu- Romeo Aquara, and Griffin out there. I mean, on here, how do we put up the pass rush? And you were even telling me, Jeremy, like, we could honestly see uh, put Flowers in at the nose tackle. They do that, yeah. And then just... Yeah, go with all of those guys out there. Aquara looked really good against Atlanta. Like, you know, if if you can get all those guys working at the same time, that's kind of your that's that would be a good end goal there. I we're starting to see guys getting a little more comfortable with this uh, defense again. Yeah, what you got for me, Ryan? Uh, I was just going to bring up some of the stats from PFF because I know people love those. Um, but uh, a fifty six point six overall grade for Everson Griffin so far in twenty twenty in his time with the Cowboys. And we mentioned this earlier at the, you know, the top of the segment that his time in Dallas has been a little bit lackluster, but I think the most important thing, um, and I, I know we're, we're team don't care about sacks. I mean, sacks are such a um, unpredictable and uh, just kind of like a, a random stat of sorts that doesn't really give you a great idea of how good somebody is at, at pass rushing. Uh, necessarily um, because those could be coverage sacks though. I mean, it's a very misleading stat, but um, the, the statistic that PFF uh, shot out from their Twitter account at, uh, at PFF underscore lions was 12.9% pressure rate. And that's 26 a month among edge defenders. And that would, that would be the second uh, best rate on the lions. So the thing is, I completely agree with Jeremy. Like, I think that Everson Griffin is not going to come in and be a starter. He's not going to come in and play starter snaps. He's going to be a situational pass rusher that's going to come in on second and long when teams are passing or third down. And they're just going to let him pin his ears back and go after the quarterback. I'm totally cool with that. The Lions, the Lions didn't really have a guy like that. I mean, Romeo Aquara was doing it, but he was doing it in... Um, he was doing it in a limited capacity and we haven't seen him do it for a sustained period of time. Trey flowers was paid to be that guy. Trey flowers can't do it on his own. And Trey flowers is asked to do so much more. And at at this point in his career, Everson Griffin, he's not, he's not the run defender that he once was. He's not going to do any of that. So I'm not calling him a one trick pony, but he, he's going to kind of fill that role. Don't you think Jeremy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think maybe one of the keys here, and this could be also something that makes Lions fans a little concerned, is we've seen the Lions defense over the past two weeks get a lot more aggressive, right? They're, They're mixing up their pressure looks. They're sending more blitzes. Having a guy like Griffin now in that pass rush package means they don't have to do that as often. Means maybe they can they can just rush four. And I know I know. That's going to slow alarms for people. They're like, no, no, keep being aggressive. Keep, keep doing pressure. Keep, keep sending more guys. But if you got more, I think in an ideal world, Matt Patricia wants to send four and get pressure so that he can have all of those guys and the, the rest, the seven other guys yeah, in coverage, that- maybe do more man coverage. Um, so I think this gives them that opportunity to be the defense that Matt Patricia wants them to be and be more effective than they have been in the past. Yeah, leave some more linebackers in coverage so you stop having situations where Calvin Ridley is like constantly open over the middle or something <laughs> like, sure. you know, just have, have more, you don't need to worry about that too much. And like, it is cool when Tracy Walker comes in for the blitz, but you know, it, when, when you need it from the coverage, by all means, uh, I want to take a break here. When we come back, I want to talk about where the lines go from here because I believe they're not done or they shouldn't consider themselves done after this. 
Uh, there's still a lot of work to be done, but we'll talk about that and talk about more on Griffin when we come back here. We'll take a quick break on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. 30 seconds, we'll be right back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And back again on the Pride of Detroit PODcast Emergency Edition as we talk about the Lions trading for Everson Griffin because, you know, we just boot this thing up whenever we want to talk. That's what it is. So again, whenever this stuff goes down, Check out our Twitter at Detroit at Pride of Detroit and look for when we talk about, hey, we're going to go live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, because or if you follow us on Twitch, you can be alerted whenever we go live and when we go live. It's usually because you want to hang out with y'all or it's time to talk something like this. Uh, guys, I do want to ask, because as I have been as I've been harping on, I think the best part of this trade for Everson Griffin is that the Lions didn't give up much. However, I don't think, I, I, if I was the Lions, if I was the one in charge of the Lions, if I am in that mythical spot where every modern fan wants to be, not in the shoes of the player, but in the shoes of the coach or the general manager, I would not be done after Everson Griffin. Well, I mean, let's be clear. I don't think Everson Griffin makes them a Super Bowl contender. I don't, I don't, I don't think we're... But yeah, no, I mean... In an ideal world, yes, they go out and get a linebacker that comes in and suddenly they're a great defense and and suddenly, you know, the offense clicks and and maybe maybe they're not just a playoff, you know, contender. They're they're a postseason contender. Um, but I kind of think this might be it, if I'm being completely honest. Um, I, I don't think this team is necessarily capable or in a position to make a big slash spend a first runner on someone like Stefan Gilmore or, or go out and get, you know, uh, uh, whoever, I mean, the question is who's out there. Like we don't even know Quinn and Williams. A lot of people are talking about there's report that he's not available. There's report that he is available. I don't know. I, I think the Lions just made a nice little kind of blip on the radar move that, that fits a big need that doesn't cost them much. And, and that's what you do. I mean, not every team can go out and just make a big splash at the trade deadline. I know it's been more active than it has in previous years, but I think this is a, a good start. And we, I mean, the, the the issue is we're so early in the season at this point, especially considering the no offseason. I think a lot of teams are just still trying to figure out what they've got in the guys that they've got. 
and the lines are just starting to find things that are clicking. They're starting to see that Romeo Quar is clicking. They're starting to see that maybe Reggie Raglan deserves more snaps than a guy like uh, Tavai or, or Davis or Christian Jones. I think they're just going to develop the guys they've got. And and why like get a veteran corner when you want your guys like Jeff Okuda and Amani Oruarie to develop? I I think they've got enough to contend for the playoffs this season. And then why spend future resources beyond that? Because I don't think this team is going to contend for a Super Bowl. They might contend for the playoffs. They might get to the playoffs, but like you still have to keep the future in design. So like I, I'm kind of fine with where they're at. And I think they're going to be fine with where they're at. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people are already forgetting how ready they were uh, they they were to move on from Darius Slay, you know. And if you're interested in getting a guy like Stefan Gilmore, he's on the wrong side of 30. And I'm not saying that Gilmore is is washed by any means, but I am saying that if you're making an investment in somebody like a Stefan Gilmore, it's a going to cost you a lot. I mean, you're talking probably at least a second round pick, if not a first round pick, because this is a guy who was an all pro. I think he was the defensive player of the year last year in 2019. So you got Stefan Gilmore on the market, apparently, but he's not going to come cheap. And, you know, like Jeremy said, it's, I think with the with the limited offseason, I think a lot of teams are really just finding out what they have. And there are some teams that are absolute tire fires like the Dallas Cowboys and the Lions went and they got one of their best players. So, um, I mean, that's that's just that's just what it was. Um, now, is Griffin going to be enough to turn this team into a Super Bowl contender? I'm with Jeremy. No. Um, I don't even know if the Lions can contend for the playoffs just because of the hole they kind of dug themselves in the beginning of the season. But I mean, it remains to be seen. Maybe Everson Griffin is the magic elixir to the Lions pass rush. And all of a sudden it goes from really, really bad to average. If the Lions pass rush goes to average. I'm all of a sudden you're not so worried about Amani Arroyo and Jeff Okuda as you're starting cornerbacks because there's a pass rush and if any of us were around for 2014, we saw what a pass rush did for the cornerbacks that season. I mean, that that was a year of you know uh, Rasheen Mathis and Chris Houston and a young Darius Slay. Like, I mean, that wasn't necessarily a secondary to write home about. But when you had the likes of you know Nadam Kinsu and Ezekiel Anza and Nick Fairley all pushing up front, like it made a huge difference. The Lions don't have that, and I'm not saying Everson Griffin is going to be that, but if the Lions can develop some sense of a pass rush, it improves the rest of their team. Really, really quick, just like, I mean, if you kind of scope out and look at their defensive line, you look at the way that John Penasidi is playing, you look at the way Deshaun Hand just had a really good game, and Danny Shelton, you throw in Trey Flowers and, and Everson Griffin on the side, and that's not really a bad-looking defensive line. I think I would say, like, at, if all those guys are, are firing on all cylinders, we love to talk about cylinders here on the Pride of Detroit podcast. If all those guys are firing on the on the, all of their cylinders, however many cylinders they've got left in the chamber, that that's a, that's an above average defensive line. Maybe even a, a good or I, I won't quite say great, but a good one. Mm. Yeah, I, I think we're fine on the defensive line, but again, I want to see like more progress in the backfield right now, just because like okay, it, it's it's been looking decent, but it's also been about against the Jaguars and the Falcons, like. My worry isn't the middle of the schedule right now. My worry comes, the fear comes later, as I said in, in stock report. The fear comes later when they have to turn around and play the Bears, who may or may not be good. I'm immediately eating crow after the last podcast, after what the Rams did to them. But you know, it might just been a bad game. I don't know. Either way, the Bears could still beat us another time.
you you that's not uh, that's not a instant dub right there. Uh, Packers, Titans, Bucks, second meeting with the Vikings in January, like. And if the goal is to make the playoffs, you do need to kind of go a little harder than you usually have. I just don't think that standing two pad is going to really help you out. You kind of have to show that, you know, man, you want it. Go for it. Do it. But, what, what, what do you have to lose? Like that, that's all I'm going to say. Like we keep bringing our hands over draft capital and everything, but what do you have to lose here, man? Draft capital. <laughs> That's yeah, something. I, I don't care. I, after, after day one, I don't care about a lot of the draft capital. I'm sorry. I just don't. Like, I, I'm I, a dumb rhesus monkey, but honestly, dumb rhesus monkey moves work in the NFL sometimes because as we were just talking about during the break, like, you can't really sell the farm necessarily unless you package a strange deal. Like, uh, who, who was the team that did that? Damn. Never mind. I've completely forgotten my point. Uh, <laughs> wow. But adequate. I guess... My overall point is this team is about to face some good quarterbacks. There's there's a lot of really good quarterbacks yes, left are. on their schedule. Tannehill's left on the schedule. I know that's a weird one to lead off with, but it's true. Um, you got Tom Brady. You've got Aaron Rodgers. You've got uh, Deshaun Watson. You're going to need to rattle some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, maybe, if he's playing for them. I, I The thing is, like, they <laughs> don't don't give me that look. I'm so offended if he's playing for them. Teddy Bridgewater's a good quarterback so far this year, but go ahead. But what they can't do is just sit back and let them pick them apart because that's what they've let them do against good quarterbacks. And, and right. Matt Ryan did it last week too. Um, and but we saw like we saw what the 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 Bucks did to Aaron Rodgers, right? I, I Everson Griffin doesn't make the Lions' defensive front the the Tampa Bay Bucks' defensive front, right. but it gets them closer. It gets them closer, and it gives them some options to rattle a guy like Aaron Rodgers because they can't they can't let Aaron Rodgers pick him apart again. Jeremy, I want you to get to the one interesting similarity we can see between this trade and another trade that Bob Quinn made in 2018. Yeah, real real let's quick. T- let's I, talk about it. I, I I've got to put my own complaints aside because now we're we're too late into this, and I had a lot a lot more points. But no, I want to get to this, and I want to get to some questions from chat. Right. Well, the elephant in the room is yes, there there are a lot of on the surface similarities to the Lions at three and three, just like they were in 2018, going out and trading for Damon Harrison. We all we all threw a party then because wow, what a humongous run defender! He's going to turn around our run defense, turn around he our did. entire season. And he didn't do that. Uh, and and yeah, it looks great. Um, and then, of course, a week later, they, they lose to the Seahawks. They trade Golden Tate away and, and the rest is history. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know where else you want me to go with this. Like Everson Griffin is probably not as good as Damon Harrison was when they traded for them. Um, the Lions could certainly go out and lose to the Colts. And then who knows what they do in, in the, the day or two before the trade deadline after that. But uh, trade Marvin I, Jones. <laughs> the the difference I will say is like I don't know if I felt now nah, that's not even true I was gonna say I don't know if I felt the lines were trending in the right direction back in 2018 but that's a lie I did because they just came off that big win against the Dolphins but yeah I, I don't know like what else do you want to talk about in terms of the similarity there is there is there no, a point I'm missing there well no no I mean I, I think I think throw the, that out like a hot steaming turd that's all well, I just I, I think the point is and you made it is that you know Damon Harrison came in and he really did change the Lions run defense. The Lions run defense went from one of the worst in the league to like sure. a little bit actually above average. I don't know if Everson Griffin is going to come in here and all of a sudden make the Lions 
that really bad pass rush unit into like the average, maybe slightly above average pass rush unit. But if he does, I almost think that it has a bigger impact on the Lions defense and maybe even their team as a whole than than the Damon Harrison move does, which is which is really weird for me to say, because on on paper, I think I would rather the Lions go out and get like another Damon Harrison esque 2018 player and add him to the run defense than to add Everson Griffin, who like is kind of like a mystery, but it's um it, it could be interesting. All right, let's get to some questions here to wrap up uh, before we get out of here. I know there's a couple in Twitch chat right now. Again, twitch.tv slash Pride to Detroit. Jeremy, do you have them picked out? Uh, yeah, let me scroll up really quick, but I should be able to pick them out real quick. Uh, Joshua Mercer asks, Griffin doesn't know the defense yet, but do you think Patricia tries to piece him in? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think you, you look at Griffin and he's been around the league for, what, 11 seasons now? He's probably seen it all. And I know we mentioned the top, he's a 4-3 guy. This will be a little bit different from him. But I think, I think the key for the Lions is they'll put him in. They'll put him in a position where he's been before on those third downs, be that situational guy and just be like, rush a passer. You don't need to know the scheme. Just rush a passer. Just go do what you do. Rush a passer. You don't, you don't need to learn all this complicated stuff. And maybe he eventually gets down there. But honestly, you're here for a half a season. You, you, know, you know what he does well. You put him in positions where he does things well and, and don't overcomplicate things for him. The other nice thing is, too, is that he's not going to come in and immediately play this week against Indianapolis. He has to wait another week because of COVID protocol. So he does get that kind of like extra week. Right. And to, we, we, to prepare. And we haven't even mentioned it yet. Who does he get to play first first game of the season for him? Skull. Minnesota yeah. Vikings. That's going to be a yeah. fun one. It's going to be a uh, and, revenge one. And I don't think that that was necessarily a, a marriage that ended very happily. No, it did not. Opted uh, out. I mean, he, he voluntarily opted out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have this question here. I'm trying to find who it came from. I, I apologize. I didn't copy down the name. Um, believe they ask us. So believe last time that the Lions picked up a defensive lineman in a trade corresponding trade happened with a wide receiver. Do you think history repeats itself? <laughs> I mean, I just said, like, what if Marvin Jones is the guy who gets traded? Um, that seems likely just between the up and down production of marvin jones the contract involved the fact that you've got some younger guys who can perform among your wide receivers that you've got a veteran like damian amandola in the slot and tj hawkinson is your tight end like yeah i but i think with the way that marvin jones played last week against atlanta that should have been a reminder that like he is still a sure-handed guy who's going to catch you passes when you need passes catched I know that's hashtag analysis, but I'm saying like like Marvin Jones is a veteran dude that like you want to have on your team. And I think that a la if they you know trade him the same way that they traded Golden Tate back in 2018. It's kind of like. Wiping your hands with the season, isn't it? Oh, well, here's little the bit, thing. But I, I, I would say this and like the only reservation I have about Marvin Jones, I know a lot of people are rushing like as you say, it's it's easy now to rush. And say, hey, he's bet, you know, he, he he reminded you this game. Cool. But I remember when he was with Cincinnati for a long time and like he would put up one of these games and then ghost. So I I want to like what I've always wanted to see out of Marvin Jones, and it's always something I've wanted to see in Detroit is just consistency. So you'll have a chance for consistency next week. You know, you have another week before the 
trade deadline. So I don't think anything gets moved by then. So, but still, like, I, I'm not going to give Marvin Jones this just on one game, is my point. I, and I wouldn't compare it. I, I think it's still a possibility. A lot depends on what happens in, in this next game against Indy. But I think the Lions are definitely in a better position trading away Marvin Jones than they were against Golden Tate because they didn't have a backup slot that year. I don't even remember who came in. Uh, it, and, and that that goes to show you that they weren't prepared. Yeah, Dev was bad at wide receiver that year. Yeah, Once Marvin Jones leaves. Guess what? Quintus Cephas time. I'm okay with that. He looked okay in week one. Right. I mean, it, it, it's not he's not as talented. He's not going to come in and, and catch 60 in a touchdown. But he's someone who I think we expect to have a future in Detroit. And so if he has to take over, I don't know if that's giving up on the season. It doesn't feel like it to me. It feels like potentially just getting, I don't know, fourth rounder out of someone that, that's probably not going to be on the team in 2021. It's not a horrible move, it, but it doesn't make the team better. Especially and so if you can maybe that's, like that's important to point out. Yeah, especially if you can take that capital you would get from Jones, then flip it for another trade in the middle of a season. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you probably can't at this point. Well, trade that, would ha- that would have to happen pretty quick. But like, yeah. don't you, you, you don't care about draft capital after day one, right? Nope, really don't. <laughs> I just don't. I, I leave, I leave day two to the nerds like you guys. I, I would, I, I, yeah, I would say this though. Like you, you mentioned just as a parting thought, like, this trade deadline does feel really, really early for various reasons. And it kind of sucks because once again, the lions have already taken their buy. And by the time the deadline comes, there's still going to be like 10 weeks left of the season. It feels like. Wow. Nine. It sucks. Nine games left it's, up, yeah. it's hard to figure this thing out because I'm sure by near the end of the season, we're going to be ta- looking at the draft and talking about needs that they could have filled during a trade deadline. So, mm. you know, the the best thing that the Lions could acquire. An extra bye week. Like someone would be if nice. someone breaks COVID protocol and they get an extra bye week. That's that's the thing that would help them the most. How much would, how much would you pay for an extra bye week? I don't want anybody to get a fifth, sick. A fifth rounder. <laughs> I'd buy no, that for no. a dollar. <laughs> I think that's a good place to stop it right there. We're over time. So let's stop it right here. We'll have more for you coming up later in the week. First bite is coming. Man coverage is coming. And then the full Pride of Detroit POD cast, maybe a mailbag episode somewhere in there too, in the next week or two. And we'll definitely have trade deadline reactions as well. If the Lions continue to make moves, which cross your fingers for me, for me, cross your fingers for these other guys. I don't know if they think as much, but (laughs) yes, do it, do it. Go, go nuts. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Supermarket sweep it. Just grab that golden ham. Here I was going throw for a Batman. I was going for a Batman thing, and you have to throw that for like just in there. Like We're just awful. Uh, we're awful humans. Stay away beings. from the coffee grinder. Yeah, that's a waste of time. I already have one. For myself, for Jeremy, for Ryan, we'll see you star side. <laughs>
first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.